Usually when I talk about environmental issues here, I talk about global big ones. Today I want to talk about something local. Well, it's, I feel like it's local to New York City, but I think something like this is happening across cities all across the country. Maybe around the world, I'm not sure. In New York City, it's called the Open Restaurants Program. During the pandemic, we weren't allowed to go into closed spaces. Restaurants were hurt. The city allowed restaurants to open up outdoors, originally on the sidewalks, then to set up sheds in the street into empty parking spaces. It made a lot of sense. People weren't driving as much, so the parking spaces were open. The restaurants needed open space and people could eat outdoors. Now they want to make it permanent. There's a debate over, is this giving away public land for private property? Is it making American restaurants more like European? I come by to a lot of the restaurants in my neighborhood around 7, 8, 9 p.m. dinner time. It looks tremendous. It looks wonderful. People are out cavorting, having a great time, drinking, eating. There's bands that go by and play for them outdoors. It looks like a lot of fun. Well, I certainly like to go to a party. I certainly like to have a lot of fun. Come by a couple hours later. If I have a party at my home, I have to clean up my home. These restaurants, they will clean up their sheds. They often push the stuff around to outside the shed. You know from me picking up litter, all up and down, all around my neighborhood, in fact, all around the city, and as far as I can tell, the nation and the world, there's litter everywhere. These restaurants are increasingly moving toward disposable cutlery, plates, bowls, cups. There's garbage everywhere. It's nice to have a party, but someone has to clean up after this. Certainly the diners aren't cleaning up their mess. The restaurants don't clean up the mess. The mess is mostly there for us to deal with the next day. Sanitation picks it up to some degree, but no sanitation department in the world could keep up with the amount of garbage that's put out by, well, the plastics industry in general. Most of it comes through as I see it on the streets, through food packaging. Now, a lot of that, and doof packaging, a lot of that is from bags of chips, cans and bottles of soda and beer that people buy at convenience stores. But a lot of these cups have you know, garnishes in them. They'll have a lemon or lime in them. There's a lot of bags that are you know, labeled from the restaurant where it came from. So probably more of it is coming from bottles and cans and bags from convenience stores, but a lot of it is coming from these restaurants. I don't think it's a stretch at all to say that this is the same ethos. It's the same philosophy. Increase one and you'll increase the other. People in restaurants don't drop stuff on the floor in the restaurant if they're indoors. When they're outdoors, I think they feel if they're standing, they'll move a little past where the shed is. They'll see a little nook or cranny or corner and they'll just put a can there. They'll put some down on a horizontal surface as if that's okay. And then they leave it there. If it happened inside a restaurant, the restaurant would clean it. I don't think people generally put something on the ground in a restaurant and just leave it there, but outdoors they do. By the way, it is not local people who are doing this. It's not our neighbors are putting litter on our own sidewalks. It's people coming from out of the neighborhood. You might say, well, that's bringing money into the neighborhood. I don't think the restaurant owners mostly live around here. And I don't think that the people are disrespecting our place. I don't think they come in and think, I'm going to disrespect someone else's neighborhood. It's the structure of having these things outdoors and people feeling the entitlement of feeling, well, I pay my taxes. Someone's got to clean this up, but someone will do it. I should leave it here because I do pay my taxes. They're not thinking I'm raising everyone's taxes by doing this. They're thinking entitled. Anyway, it's the structure of the setup that does it. Nearby here, there's also a lot of empty storefronts. This is hurting the neighborhood. Now with the vaccines, people can go indoors. Why not give those empty storefronts their space to the restaurants. You'd probably say, well, you can't do that. That's someone else's 
space. They own that. You can't just take it. That would be tantamount to stealing. Well, if that's stealing, then stealing from the public is stealing too. Just because that space was there and was only being used by one car as a parking space or two cars as a parking space doesn't mean you can just take it from the public. If we'd known that that space could be used for other things, we would have proposed things like community gardens, little parks, playgrounds, farmer's markets, more bike paths, or simply pedestrian-only spaces with plants growing out of the ground. These breathe life. They literally create life. They clean the air. Restaurants lead to plastic, which is poisonous, and broken glass and rats. As you know, I've picked up litter every day since 2017. The amount of litter on the ground has exploded since the Open Restaurants program. And as I mentioned, it's clearly from the restaurants. You can tell because the name of the restaurant is on the stuff. These things are also dangerous. It's, I mean, they smell. It seems to me the sheds are a fire risk. It hasn't happened yet, but it seems inevitable that at some point there'll be a fire. There's a reason why buildings have building codes and these sheds don't. I don't think they could. Even if they could, they don't now. And my main point is not to compare these sheds to reverting back to parking spaces. Comparing it to what it could be, community gardens, parks, playgrounds, farmer's markets, bike paths, pedestrian-only zones. I'm going next weekend to a Bronx community garden to lead a workshop on making my famous no-packaging vegan stews. First, I have to mention, I've seen this park just in video. It's tremendous. Did you know that there's a Bronx River? It's been turned pretty industrial, but someone reclaimed this park that was covered with waste, and they turned it into a green space that people come in from the neighborhood and grow plants. I'm going there to lead a workshop. We don't have nearly those gardens in the West Village. People say, oh, you're so rich down there. We barely have any community gardens here. There's a huge demand. If you want to go to the community gardens, the ones that exist by LaGuardia Place, there's a couple years long wait list, as far as I understand, to go there. There's a garden across the street from me that's not for growing edible plants, but growing flowers and things. I can't do that. There's a wait list to get on that. There's huge demand. Not far from me, Cooper Union, they've recently made a street area. They've turned the pavement into a kind of raised pedestrian-only area on which they've put a community garden. There's a lot of litter around there, but not in the community garden space. And they don't even put big walls around it. It's just a, one little pole that surrounds it. And people, either they respect it, the people who aren't the maintainers, or the people who maintain it, which I presume is community people, not volunteers, not paid for by the city, or else maybe they go there enough that they clean it, but there's no plastic in those areas. It's really touching. We could have more of those things. So there's incredibly high demand for these. That's when there's no hope. Before there was any hope of getting these parking spaces and using them for some things other than parking, there was already high demand. Give people hope that we could use those spaces for benefiting the public, and they will flourish. People crave gardens. There's this whole not-in-my-backyard, yes-in-my-backyard two different movements. We don't have backyards here. I would say yes in my backyard to a backyard. It would be lovely to have, even if I'm not the one growing the vegetables, I would love to have vegetables growing that my neighbors are putting together. Why has Times Square had more increase in publicly available pedestrian-only space than where people actually in New York City live? Many streets could be public pedestrian-only spaces with playgrounds, farmer's markets, instead of broken glass and rotting waste, If we enable that, we could do this. If we allow the landlords to use that space and give it to restaurants, it will be virtually impossible to get that back. We should because it's public space, not private. Remember before how I talked about going there at nighttime, you see people cavorting, having a good time. It looks like the market at work. 
there's demand for people to go and eat out. It's met by supply from the restaurants. Isn't that the market at work? If we give away public space to private property, I hear this is already happening, that landlords are raising rents because they suddenly now have this free, in some of the most in-demand real estate in the world, they suddenly got a free bunch of land. They're raising their rates. That means all the rates are going up. If rents go up, that makes it harder for the hardware store, for the corner grocery, for the dry cleaner. They can't do business as much anymore. They have to raise their rates. Giving away this public property to private profit increases the rates. This exacerbates exactly the problem we're trying to solve. What it makes it easier for is the big chains to come through, not the local restaurants of the ones where the owners actually live nearby. You might say, but the restaurants are going to put the money in to develop these things into something that the public likes. Let me give you the example of Harlem Grown. I've probably talked about them before. I went up to visit. This is on one, somewhere on 130th Street, north of Central Park. There's a place called Harlem Grown, started by this guy, Tony Hillary. In the 08 financial crisis, I think his job, he lost his job. I met him and he told the story. I'll tell the story as best I can remember. Well, he started volunteering at this particular public school. It was, I think, a middle school. So kids probably 10 years old, plus or minus two or three years. Across the street from the school was an old empty lot. When I say empty, overgrown with plants, but mostly tires, broken washing machines, broken stoves, things like that. He asked the city if he could use it. The city gave him permission. He alone got the kids to help him clear that space out. Then they built raised plant beds, got a bunch of dirt, and they planted what became a community garden. As far as I know, he started off with no budget whatsoever. Now, it has not only grown, just him and a bunch of kids. Actually, now they provide jobs to really high-level stuff. If you go to their page, I think it's graduates of prestigious universities want to work there. As something like Teach for America, I think it's a, it has a somewhat of prestige to it. It's not nationwide. How are they paying for this? I think now they get funding from lots of sources, including, if I remember, Keanu Reeves and some other famous people who are supporting this because it's good for the community. People like it. They've expanded. So down the block, there's another empty lot that they've turned into... It's still a community garden. It's hydroponics, and they've built it by hand. It's really stunning. I went and toured it, and they don't sell the vegetables that they grow there. They only give it away. You can come in and just sit there and enjoy the space. You can volunteer. Anyone can go in and get the vegetables, though. And if you draw a circle on a map around this area, there's no places where you can get fresh vegetables like that. Plenty of doof places, McDonald's, Starbucks, that kind of what I won't even call food. This is changing a neighborhood. We don't have anything like that down here. We could. Giving this public space away would prevent things like that from happening. We don't need a budget. People want to do it so much. Another example to show how business-friendly this is, as if that's absolutely necessary, but let's just show that it is. 20 years ago, when New York was banning cigarettes from workplaces, including restaurants and bars, everyone said, we're going to lose business because it's so easy to go across the river to New Jersey. People like having a drink after work, and they like to smoke when they drink. They're just going to go across the river and drink there instead we're going to lose business here in New York as a result. Well, two and a half, three years later, New Jersey had to ban smoking inside their bars and restaurants because people were coming into Manhattan to get the clean air. It improved business. People then didn't know what it was like to have clean air inside a restaurant, inside a bar. People now today don't know what it's like to have plants, green space. Everyone loves a tree-lined block. When you have a tree-lined block, it's one little square of sidewalk every, I don't know, 10, 20 yards. That's so little and yet so valuable. More of that, you're going to change a neighborhood. And what is it taking away from? It could be one or two parking spaces. 
If it's one of these restaurant sheds, it's a source of plastic and pollution. By the way, California is on fire. And when the weather gets cold, they put these kerosene heaters. They heat the outdoors with fossil fuels while we're getting back-to-back 500-year hurricanes in back-to-back years. Europe flooded. You know the deal. And we're filling the ocean with plastic, and they're using all this plastic stuff. Proponents of open restaurants would like you to think the comparison is between a couple parking spaces or a flourishing restaurant. I put to you that the comparison is between burning fossil fuels, littering with plastic, creating waste, salt, sugar, fat, creating obesity. The comparison of that versus living, green, breathing, family-friendly, life-giving, responsible community spaces. If anyone listening is someone with say in city government, please do not make the mistake of short-term profits, ignoring the pollution and ignoring what could be over long-term value. I say yes in my backyard to backyards instead of giving that space to a commercial entity that takes the money out of the community. To those who say Greenwich Village, you guys are so rich, you guys have everything, you can afford this. Go online and search Manhattan Community Gardens. You'll find almost nothing in lower Manhattan. We are a desert of spaces where people can grow their own plants, eat, and connect with nature. These sheds are the opposite of that. I've been to a few community board meetings. A lot of people with restaurants will say this industry is barely hanging on. The industry is not barely hanging on. There is zero question that long-term from now, there will be restaurants thriving all over Manhattan. There is no chance that this industry is going to have problems. Individual restaurants, yes, that is an issue. What we are doing now makes it harder for small restaurants to stay in business. It makes it easier for chains to open. And once they're in, it's hard to revert back to community local restaurants with chefs who live there, who really care about the people around them. That's what gives the character of the West Village. This undermines that. This turns a neighborhood with character into just like everywhere else. This is the opposite of what we want. If we want to look more like Europe, like sometimes people say that, look at what's happening in Paris. They have car-free days for the entire city. Do that. Berlin, taking steps to go in that direction. Amsterdam, for decades, they've been moving cars out and making things more pedestrian and bicycle-friendly. We could do that. This is not that. This is a mess, dirty, polluting, this littering, favoring giant chains, destroying and undermining community, taking away the possibility of making it clean, green, open spaces, family-friendly, living, breathing plants.